Now you can find, listen and subscribe to Chilling with Jens and the local Danfoss Climate Solution podcast in your RevTools app. Download it from danfoss.com. Service and support. Downloads. Hi, I'm Jens Andersen and I work for Danfoss Cooling. Thank you for listening in on this podcast, which is the third in a series of evaporative refrigeration. This third chapter is about different types of refrigerant, what they are, and to a certain degree also what makes them good or bad. So, what is this refrigerant after all? Well, we've learned that it's a fluid that evaporates and condensates, and that we're capable of controlling this evaporation process that is, the pressure and temperature at which the fluid turns from liquid to vapor and vice versa. We've mentioned substances like butane and water, but there are numerous of other substances that can be used as refrigerants, some synthetic, others natural. Provided that the butane is purified correctly, it's in fact being used in smaller refrigeration systems, such as your refrigerator at home in the kitchen. It's just called R600A or isobutane. There is, however, a drawback by using isobutane or R600A because it's quite flammable, so there's a certain risk in using that for larger refrigeration systems. This is why synthetic Refrigerants were used for all sizes of refrigeration systems earlier, and some are still being used. But also, these non-flammable synthetic refrigerants have their drawback. Many of these are destroying the Earth's vital ozone layer, or works as so-called global warming agents, or maybe even both. Today, the harmful synthetic refrigerants are being phased out. First phase was to ban the new use of ozone-depleting refrigerants like R12 and R11. And today we can see the harmful holes in the ozone layer has been reduced significantly. One thing is the environmental consideration, but also to what temperature range the refrigerant is used needs to be taken into account. We do not want a too high pressure in the tubings, so Depending on the boiling temperature at specific pressures you want, you'll need to select your refrigerant. A so-called high-pressure refrigerant is great for low temperatures, like fast freezing of fish, whereas air conditioning usually operates at significantly lower pressures. Also, the dynamics of the refrigerant is important. Consider carbon dioxide or CO2. It's a well-known high-pressure refrigerant, but it's slightly harder to control than other refrigerants because the vapor liquid range is rather narrow. So to fully utilize the CO2, the condensation pressure is above the so-called critical point. We'll address this later. We touched briefly on the energy transfer, you know. Transferring energy away from the things that you want to cool and into the refrigerant, which will then again transfer the obtained energy out to the surroundings. The refrigerant absorbs energy from the surrounding when it evaporates, or rather, to be able to change phase as when it goes from liquid to vapor, it takes out energy of the matter to cool. What happens is that the molecules in the refrigerant, while it evaporates, gets far bigger volume to work in. 
sometimes up to a hundred times as big, depending on the refrigerant. So, the same molecule will have, say, a hundred times as much space to fly around in, which again means that the molecules can move around as they wish and as much as their accumulated energy allows. But it also means that the refrigerant in its vapor or gaseous phase now can be compressed again. By the compression, the volume is again reduced, which means that the free movement of the molecules is now restricted. And while the refrigerant cools down, it falls back into the liquid form. It also means that the energy obtained by the evaporation process has now been dissipated to the condenser cooling, most likely the air. The energy, or rather the ability to hold energy, is referred to as enthalpy. The enthalpy, or the ability to absorb, contain, or transfer energy, also deviates from type to type of refrigerants. So also that is again another factor to consider when choosing the refrigerant to use. The enthalpy depends on both the pressure and temperature, so the ability to hold, obtain or deliver additional energy depends very much on where in the refrigeration cycle you are. The enthalpy is given in joule per kilogram according to the SI standards, but also BTU per pound can be seen. Next time in the fourth chapter, I'll tell you about the parts or components in a refrigeration system that is vital for the system to work. This podcast was brought to you by Danfoss Cooling. Please feel free to visit us at danfoss.com and maybe sign up for some of our cool e-learning classes. Thank you. Thank you.